and welcome to Red's Business and Technology Podcast. My name's Jackson Barnes with my co-host Brad Ferris, and today we've got a very special guest, Head of IT from Epic Assist, Isaac Nickel. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Isaac. Really appreciate you coming in. Um, I'm just going to uh, ask you a bunch of questions, unstructured. Um, I guess we wanted to start uh, in- introduction-wise Isaac Nickel, head of IT, Epic Assist, disability services, um, employee based in Brisbane, 36 offices, 168 employees, non-for-profit. What we're going to discuss today is how you have, uh, with with your organisation, reduced IT budget and increased cybersecurity, leveraging some of the Microsoft incentives. So I guess first, did you want to introduce your background, uh, what you've done over the time, and then what you're doing now? Well, look, firstly, thanks for inviting me into the session. I mean, I think this is, um, this is really good. It's good to have um, a safe space where you can actually have conversations in relation to ICT and have ideas and be, be able to share those ideas and listen to what other people have to say. So it's, it's good. Thank you for having me. No look, um, <clears throat> I've been with um, Epic for about um, 18 months and um, I was employed for a particular for a particular reason, to help Epic get um, ISO, RFFR um, accreditation. Um, I know you spoke about Epic, but one thing people should know before going to the not-for-profit stands is that um, because Epic is a disability employment service and we have over 3,000 clients, we need to be RFFR, ISO 27001, right fit for risk, compliant, which is regulated. It's from the government. If you don't have the credential or the accreditation, you will not get any contract. So that's the bottom line. So when I walked into Epic, that's where we were. Yep. So you put that in place and on the side looked after the IT? Yes, that's all. It was encompassed. It was funny when I, I got a job as an ICT manager and then I got a, a portfolio pop up and I looked into it and said, oh, you're the CISO as well. <laughs> 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 That's yep. pretty cool. And 27,001, do you want to explain, explain that process? Because no doubt it took you, what, oh. three days to put in place? Um, oh, it, it, like <laughs> no, nah, man, you're exaggerating. <laughs> yeah. Three days, you're exaggerating. Yeah. It took me three minutes. Okay. Can you come and do that for us? <laughs> yeah, and actually, separate topic. <laughs> yeah, look, um, ISO 27001, um, it's, a, it's, it's a big horse to pull alone. It's massive. It's a massive thing. Back in the days when people got ISO credentials, it was based on documentation only. So process, process. policies, and the technology. There was nothing to do with the actual implementation of that process. So most people say, I have ISO, but then it's only the process. Now, with, um, with, uh, with Epic, because we have Right Fit for Risk, which is 420 um, controls, Yep. That's from the government, and ISO is just 120 controls. That's that's the regular one. Yep. So we had we had our work cut out for us. So we started off by um, getting all the processes in place, writing the documentation. I was working with a very, very, very good team, very good team at Epic, and we got all the docker together, and we had to start making decisions, like technology decisions. As to what it looks like, um, <clears throat> I think one of the one of the, the the best things about Epic is the fact that the executive leadership team were all on board. Mm. I mean, 
which is really important. That's the age-old battle of technology is, is for an IT manager or a head of technology or CIO is how do you get the executives buy-in on buying these expensive cybersecurity tools or just general technology, right? How did you get that buy-in from the executives at Effect? Well, I think it's threefold. The first one was our oh, business depends on that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first part. Yep. Um, the second part was um, <clears throat> we, they could see the value in what we're about to do. And then the third part was the strategy we put forward to um, the executive team and the board. The strategy is simple. Um, it's all about the end user, making sure the end user is safe, using the devices safe. Um, <clears throat> because if you want to train everyone to be an, I, an ICT professional, that's not going to work. We all have our jobs to do. We all have different things. We're all experts at what we do. So our idea is to ensure that the device we hand over to a team member has all the security you need. So we protect you 95% of the way. The 5%, we know things happen. That's, that's, what we, that's the whole plan. And this, they could read into that and could see that. Another thing that's really, really important as well is um, <clears throat> reporting, monitoring, logging. Evidence-based, you need to have those. So I guess um, to point in the direction of the uh, topic of this podcast and what we're kind of catching up and where we can add the most value back to other not-for-profit um, t- people responsible for IT, like IT managers, heads of IT, um, CIOs, what did you do beyond that when you identified that needed 27,001, you need to put that in place, um, the Microsoft tool set for not-for-profits, you get reduced licensing, a bunch of things. What did you uh, leverage first and, and went through that journey of getting ISO 2001, protecting the endpoint and the users? How did you leverage Microsoft's not-for-profit status for that? Well, i tell you what, um, if I start talking about Microsoft, you guys will think I'm being paid by them. <laughs> <laughs> I no, am I not. mean, Microsoft's <clears throat> kicking goals. I'm a Mac yeah. guy from way back when. Um, but I'm 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 a true believer. The 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 Microsoft cloud services and everything they've been doing is is amazing. I'm a massive advocate. So, hundred percent happy for you to. That's look, again. I, I walked into um into Epic. I had seven months with the team to get um, ISO certified. We got the accreditation. Yep. We had zero nonconformity. It was crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> However, one of the biggest part of that was uh, the roadmap we had. So the roadmap was. How do we reduce cost? Like we spoke about that earlier. Yep. But how do we reduce cost but still maintain a higher level of security across the footprint? <clears throat> so we looked at Microsoft E5 license. End of story. When I say end of story, I mean that became our goal. E5 license for not-for-profit. Yep. It's really cheap. Just on, <laughs> on that, did you want to explain maybe for everyone else in that space how you went to the executive team at a big assist and said, oh, I want E5 licensing because it's less as a non-profit, right? But yeah. that actual pitch of getting there when you're paying for E3 or something less now, that jump for all of the users, is, is you got to justify that, right? How did you go through that process? When, <clears throat> no, that's, that's, that's an awesome question. So it was all based off the, um, the strategy I developed, the three-year strategy. So what I had to do on the strategy is it's like a, a single page with lines. That's my strategy. So it goes from um, um, different categories like security, devices, um, cloud, cloud um, applications, and et cetera, software. And then in the middle, the next column has what, what we currently have, what's in use, 
And then the third column is where we want to be. You know, we look at the current applications, then we look at what we want to be, what sort of applications can replicate those, or do we maintain the, the current application? And then the third, the fourth part is the time frame, like how long we have to get that done. So <clears throat> when I went to the executive team, I went to the executive team, um, I had to tell them, I, I just showed them, I said, look, this is what's happening. I said, all of these tools you currently have, we're using, I'm not going to call out the names, yeah. this and this and this and this and this. We, this can save us like three, four and, four and a half, five grand a month by just implementing um, E5. Yep. And they said, so what's the guarantee? I said, well, E5 has all of this and more. It will do them all. So you put the business case forward and went, um, uh, you know, all of these things we can leverage in the market. of so E5 licensing, we'll save this much money on these. So let me just put a business proposition forward for leveraging the Microsoft stack. What were, the, what were those things? You have to say names of the, the software, of course, but um, the things, so the email protection, endpoint, that kind of thing. Do you want to touch on, I guess, uh, what are the things that you leveraged so that other people listening can get advantage of that? Yeah, what so, was the, the, the difference between the E3 and E5 that you were looking to get? Well, uh, first of all, the, e, the E3 does not come with the security packages. Yeah. Now, it doesn't come with, um, <clears throat> with, um, with the one and two, the two security packages. It doesn't come with it. It doesn't come with Teams calling, for example. You don't have that as separate as well. Um, team meeting rooms doesn't come with it. So that was one part. So, for example, one of the things I leverage is the, they use a system for um, collaboration, yep. something like Teams. And everyone could not use it or could not make calls. There were only about five or no, I think 12 people that could actually create meetings or create conferences. And I walked in and I was like, uh, why, why is this in play? And I looked at the cost of years, like three grand, three and a half grand. Yep. I said, we already have Teams. Why are we doing this? I said, oh, we don't know. And five days later, everyone's using Teams. Yeah. Done. Something else, I mean, we're discussing IT budget and how to reduce that and cybersecurity, but yes. the collaboration piece with Microsoft Collaboration is, piece is, is massive. Really huge. Yeah, it's, look, back in the days, it wasn't that good, but they just, I don't know, they just ramped up. They just yeah. chased everyone down. They chased the competition down. Yep. It's actually, um, I should have brought it in for this session, but uh, the latest gadget in the place is uh, literally got here on Monday or Tuesday, the HoloLens. Yes. The HoloLens 2, I've got it on my desk. And the reason we <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is fun. <laughs> Maybe we'll bust it out a bit later. But the reason was was that collaboration piece, right? So I actually uh, I watched a podcast or listened to and then that there was a video associated to it. So I had to go back and uh, find the video and watch it. And the actual example was about a mixing console. That, and this was a Microsoft document and it was about, oh, I'm trying to plug my microphone in, I can't get any sound. So if you have the HoloLens 2 with uh, the Dynamics, Dynamics 365 Remote Assist license, yes. um, the, the user who's in the field, if you like, can be looking at their environment and then the uh, the uh, senior technician, if you like, is back in the office and can guide through and can start annotating um, the real environment uh, virtually. So you have this mixed reality scenario, and I just it just had, all these things click for me. All these light bulbs, all these things you could use it. And that was two weeks ago, and now there's one on the desk. Yeah. <laughs> look, look uh, oh, that's that's the good thing about you guys. You guys are progressive. You guys are you guys are not only trying to be innovative, you guys are living with cutting edge. I tell people every day, um, <clears throat> you don't have to be the first all the time. You can be the second, but just be the best second you can be. Yeah. And what do we say, <clears throat> the, the cutting edge, not the bleeding edge? Yeah, that's, what we that's want exactly to what we say. Yeah. 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 
No, that's a, that's a good thing because I can imagine how that will work for you guys. So it means you can literally have someone on site that has no idea well, the what IT is and you just We've got presence in a lot of data centres and, you know, not all those data centres are in Brisbane. Um, so sometimes we need to get people remotely. Um, the other the other beauty of it, you know, all the things we were talking about in the preamble before we started, but the training aspect. So you can it's a Teams call effectively. So you record that mm-hmm. and that you can put you can use for training for other people. And it's just a great way, you know, we're all about trying to bring up the junior people to to progress their careers, all that kind of stuff. So they can then have that opportunity. We could send one of them to the data center and we could guide them through the step. Basically, they sent me to our internal rack (laughs) (laughs) and they said, take this cable and plug it there. Um, So if I could do it, then anyone can do it, and then and the light shut off, and everything just fire <laughs> everywhere. I, I, th- I, th- I think you, I think you don't you, look. You should trust yourself more. You just, you just hung a light. <laughs> you can plug in cables. When you do this room, real. You do this room. So I guess the value proposition you had to the board to go to E five licensing, you said you're going to save six grand a month, get rid of these tools, and leverage some of the Microsoft E five stack. Um, is that right? That's correct because it, you were already paying for it. Mm. Why not leverage it? Yep. Um, again, um, when, every time I go to Gartner, I'll, I'll try to look at um, what they have. You know, I never go for the number one or the leader. Yep. I always go for the guy who's trying to innovate <laughs> mm. because I think that the guy who's trying to innovate has a lot to catch up on. Yep. They're and hungry. I, and I, they're hungry, and I, wor- I like working with them. And then they come in as well for a not for profit. Money is, we don't really have a lot of money. So yeah, they'll come thing, in right? and they'll help us out. They'll say, okay, you can do this for us. We can do this for you. So yeah. I'm conscious that like six grand a month for a non-profit organization, that's huge. That That's another, what does that actually mean for the for, for the organization? What oh, do they do with six grand a month, for example? And that's like, it, it helps us help the people who really need it. So for example, if we had like staff issues somewhere, we can add an extra staff. And that's one thing. Or we can go out and get actual we can do needs analysis and help people and reach out to the actual um, people who need it. We, we believe in adding value. We believe in value. And the only way you can get value is if our participants get value. You know, the, one of the best things about Epic is seeing someone, a person with a disability, gain employment and become independent. That is so fulfilling. Mm. That's very, very fulfilling. You know, and you have lots of people out there. So that sort of saving can help us put back into the community. Another thing with Epic is Epic helps the community as well, like outside of just what we do. Every quarter, we we find like a, an organization that needs help, and we just donate to them as well. We just donate cash to them or donate stuff to them. Just help them out because we know we know it. It looks easy when you see someone dressed up; they look good, um, but you know what's wrong with them. You know, like to have a saying to say. You see all the alligators lying flat. You cannot tell which one's stomach is hurting, is hurting yeah. because they're all just lying there. You know, so mm-hmm. we try to do that as well, and that's how the money goes back into things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess um, uh, for other organisations with the technology as a whole, you're responsible for not just the Microsoft products and ISO accreditation. Um, what, what, what's next for Epixis? What else are you trying to do next, like in in this year, 2022? Oh man, look, this year, first of all, we're trying to reduce um, cost on our firewall, for example, like edge devices. Um, like I said earlier, we're trying to build human firewalls now. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make humans 
our people firewalls. So what that means is I'm having like secure gateways on devices. Lockdown. I don't care where you are, where you're logged on to, you are still secure. So that's one of the things we're, one of the things we're trying to um, complete. We're already doing a proof of concept. That's actually, we've gone past that. We are deploying that now into the system. Um, we did a silent deployment. Did not tell people about it. <laughs> yep. And they already have it. We did that simply because every time ICT goes and say, we're doing a change, and this is going to happen, and then people start coming back and saying, I have a problem, I have a problem, I have a problem. <laughs> they try to relate everything to that change. So we just did it slowly and phased. So that's one of the one of what we're trying to do, um, get a secure uh, web gateway to protect um, team members across the board the same way. Um, another thing we're trying to do is around ZTNA. Um, <clears throat> There will never be a full ZTNA. There's nothing like that. <laughs> Do you want to explain what that is? Uh, zero trust network access. Yep. So we want to we want to be able to have our users fully identified before accessing anything that has to do within our domain. So it means um, you log into something, you log in from your device, and then it authenticates your device that you have, authenticates your username, sometimes your password, or just um, biometrics. It takes you through, and then it does a scan just to say, oh, yeah, it's actually correct before you can access our main portal or go out to external portals. So that's what we're trying to do. Um, but we've noticed that you can never be 100% zero trust. There are accounts out there that will not be 100% zero, zero trust. Are yeah, so it's a bit of marketing, right? Zero it trust is. meaning you trust nothing except what you allow, but no. there's always outliers no. like printers it, it, and scanning systems. I, I'll give you a good one, um, MFA. Again, it's never 100%. Um, in our Azure tenant, our identity is rated at 99.2. Wow. There are people out there that don't have it. So I guess on topic with the uh, um, purpose of this kind of like catch up, uh, as a non-for-profit organization, there's a bunch of things with Microsoft you can leverage. What are the other things that you leverage in particular that other leaders of technology in non-for-profit organizations in particular, not just in general, um, should be aware of or should know about? I think I think what um, other not for profits should be aware of is like the opportunities you have as a not, as an MF, um, as a not for profit um, and, and, and entity. You have um, not only savings or ten percent from every other thing, but you have like an, an ecosystem as in E five license that can actually progress across the line. We'll talk about SharePoint. You have SharePoint in there. Mm. You have Teams. You have like I think twenty one terabytes of data space. You have that in there, you know. You can store stuff up to seven, nine years, eternity. You have, um, you have, you have a, a, a system or a portal that relies on or rests on um, services network, as in it doesn't go offline. It's always online, you know. If something goes wrong, you know you have a bigger body to look at. And then inside of Microsoft Azure as well, you have, um, you have lots of security controls. Um, for instance, I do my um, my attack simulation through Microsoft. I push out phishing emails, blah blah blah, all through Microsoft. You know, someone contacted me two days ago, and literally two days ago, and say, "Oh, we have this thing you can use. Okay, it will cost you eight and a half thousand dollars." I said, "For what? Just to push out?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, I have it for free. Well, <laughs> it's with E5." He's like, "What do you mean E5?" I said, "How about I show you?" And I took him through attack simulation. He's like, 
oh, I never knew this existed. So we're welcome. Yeah. Again, people need to be able to probe and see what's out there. I think one of the biggest issues we have in not-for-profit areas is some of our leaders, um, they like new things or they, they have a particular, how will I say, um, belief in a particular software or something and they like to move with it. I'm not that sort of person. I, I have no commitment to anything. If it works, it works. I always like to ensure that um, at the end of the day, the organization benefits, know what I like, know what I want. I'm massively agnostic. Mm. So if you have a problem that, that comes out from uh, you know part of your IT team or one of the managers, whether it is we need better cyber awareness training or phishing attacks, like simulation, that kind of thing, you go to the Microsoft stack first to see what you can leverage in E5? Absolutely, absolutely. Look, if you try anything, if you try shadow IT in my environment, doesn't work. Yep. <laughs> and even if it's good, I, I tend to tell you that I'm not doing it because you didn't go through the proper channel. Process is important. I'll go back again. I'll go back mm. again to ISO 27001. That's why they have it. You need to have those rules. You need to have those processes in place. Mm. If you don't, you're massively vulnerable. That's what it goes back to. You have to go back to ISO. If you're governed and controlled by ISO and ISMS controls, which every quarter you have like 75 <laughs> that comes in, if you're governed by that, it means you have a, a proper security um, environment or you're working towards that. So I would advise um, other ICT um, heads or managers that are working not for profit, even CEOs, CFOs, leverage Microsoft. Microsoft has another trick, okay? There are things in Microsoft that are available to you. For instance, um, you have like three and a half grand. You can 3,500 things, US dollars actually, for not for profit per year. Yep. Now, you can go through the not-for-profit portal and request it and instantly like, oh, yeah, you qualify, here you go. Now you have this. Then they'll ask you to use this with a partner. So you need to look for a partner that's Microsoft accredited, yada, yada, yada. However, you can still use it against paying for services with Microsoft. Same three and a half grand. So I've leveraged that. So I'm like for all my, my Sentinel that's what I pay. That's what I used to pay for Sentinel. We're not paying for it. It's just yeah. Microsoft pays itself. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know? And it, sometimes you need to ask questions. Like you go into um, our governance, so we have all those controls in Microsoft that says you have to improve your secure score. Our secure score is sitting at 92%. Well, impressive. Our governance score is sitting at 85%. So you go in and try to do something. It will tell you, your license do not cover this. And then you call Microsoft up and say, what do you mean? Okay. And they say, oh, we're sorry. It does cover it. Again, you need to have that relationship and try to contact Microsoft for some of those things. But you have all these benefits and just don't know. And Microsoft are very, very happy to help you if you're not for profit. And another thing for all my ICT guys out there, like not for profit, every time you go out, man, negotiate, tell them you're not for profit. You will get minimum 10% yeah, discount. Well, that's good advice. That is a good point. Um, they do look after the not for profit. They do, Microsoft, but also other, <coughs> other tech organisations as well. Like I uh, spent five years in the managed print industry mm -hmm. and they have a different price book in that industry for non-for-profits versus everyone else. Um, they get bundled with schools, for example, but also like the team calling side as well, reduced price for non-for-profit. There's almost everyone, if you mention a non-for-profit organisation, um, definitely of a certain size as well, you can um, get significant dis discounts. That's correct. I mean, this, the, the secure web gateway software we're using right now, <laughs> discount we got is crazy. Yep. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So I, I guess um, 
as you put a lot of advice uh, for non-profit leaders out there uh, in the market around around the cybersecurity element before before we wrap up, um, what have you noticed uh, this year in particular around cybersecurity? Anything that's changed versus the years prior? Look, what's changed currently is scammers have increased yep. massively, and they're very smart. Scammers are using all different methodology now. Scammers have realised that um, uh, <clears throat> the infrastructure ICT ecosystem is stronger so people can still hack and stuff but now they're trying to use people to make money off them so scamming is the biggest business so they know that um, an employee is more susceptible to being scammed than cracking or breaking into a server or hacking a server so now they're using people they're using people more and more and more so like for instance what we've done across our footprint is um every email you receive will tell you straight away it's from external email we have um dmac dkim enabled yes some emails get lost yes some emails do not come in but that's that's what that's what you have to carry you cannot win everything but you have to put the security in place that's stronger um that's changed a lot another thing is changing in um in security is people um, I believe more people have greater awareness now. People yeah. that never had awareness before have more and more and more awareness. People are starting to understand that security is not about your organization, but about you as an individual. <laughs> because you think you think being careless with, with, your, with your security at work is the problem. That's not the problem. The problem is your home. Yeah, being well. careless with your security at home. Because when you get hacked or you lose money through scammers, you don't get paid back. When we lose money through scammers, we get insurance. Yeah, cyber <laughs> security yeah. insurance. Cyber insurance is almost uh, another yeah. topic. And um, yeah, we could almost get on that. So y- you have cyber insurance um, at Epic Assist? We do. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. I'd imagine with a 92% Microsoft skill score, you get significant discounts with that um, because of the, all the methods you've put in place with Absolutely. the licensing and so on. Um, and honestly, I was, I was really shocked when I saw that on the... Um, on the form, mm, the question: What's your secure score? Yep. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember doing a year ago for a client that come back saying, "Do you use Microsoft 365?" Being one of the questions. Do you use Outlook? Mm. Being the questions. Then it was MFA, and now it's, "What is your Microsoft secure score?" And we work with a couple of um, cybersecurity, uh, cyber um, uh, insurance providers, and the details they do now around cybersecurity is intense. If you're selling. Cyber insurance, you need almost be, have some kind of IT degree to decipher <laughs> the storm that comes back. It's unreal, but that can really have a, a massive discount on your Well, that, insurance. and if you get the questions wrong, when they come in and do they, they do their assessment, you won't be getting that payment. It's yeah. true, absolutely. So, I mean, I'll talk about the form a little bit because sure. uh, ad is, it's good fun. Uh, just, <laughs> just, just completely this, I think, is it what, Tuesday, actually, okay. completely this highway security form. It's good, pretty good fun. I was in there with the CFO going through, <clears throat> and I looked at the form. It said um, NIST, and I looked at it. I thought that's not correct. It's not mm. NIST. It's NIIST. So that's wrong. So my CFO was like, "What well, is not? That's totally wrong." <laughs> I said, "Let's call them." So we call them up. I said, "Hey, I want to. I just want to understand what's this NIST thingy." He said, "Oh, that's the that's the framework." I said, "No, there's no framework." Like that, NIST. <laughs> it's NIIST. And he said, Oh, we'll have to call them. So, yeah, that's absolutely wrong, man. That makes no sense. Right. I said, Well, besides, in Australia, we don't use NIST. NIST is more for. It's American. Yeah. It's American, but it's more for defense here, defense users. I said, You need to be able to have questions surrounding our standards, like ISO standards, like um, ISMS. You know, that sort of thing. I think that's a good 
point, though, at how quickly it's changing and how quickly it's becoming an issue that the actual providers are struggling to kind of keep up and work out what they're insuring. Um, you know, we just had a conference uh, a couple of weeks ago with a bunch of guys from the States and over there it's really like everything. They're always a year or two ahead, say, of, of, of where we are. But that, that um, emphasis on mis- risk mitigation mm-hmm. and insurance um, is massive and they are kind of still trying to work each other out and it's affecting premiums, it's, it's affecting true. coverage. Yeah. Um, and it will be, and that, that that's kind of, you know, we laugh at it, but it's actually a pretty serious example of where they're really... Struggling s- to keep up. Struggling to keep yeah. up with, with what's going on out there and the risk because it is becoming very, well, it is very sophisticated. It's it very is. profitable to be a cyber criminal and it's expensive to, to manage it. Like, uh, and it requires a lot of, you know, tooling, time, um, because the downside, well, for insurers is... It's very expensive. Huge. And I'm pretty sure there was some stats out on that, that the cyber insurance companies, underwriters, actually went massively negative about a year, year ago when ransomware increased and the cyber insurance policies were too low. That's why they've made these forms a lot more strict mm. because they almost need, like Red does technology reviews, they almost need a third-party company to do technology reviews to see how much they should charge for cyber insurance. But how's that um, scalable anymore? Uh, it's, it's unreal. And that's, look, that's... That's a whole different topic in itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, just just a, a few highlights. Um, the, the, the insurance companies, I think, they still think only insurance. They don't understand security. Yeah. They still they still mistake um, security, like cyber security, for um, home in, home security. They don't understand it, so they go out there, look at like a template, and just say, "Ah, oh, this will do," and they cannot actually interpret it properly. So I say I have. Ninety-two percent um, secure score. Yep, and that's it. They don't. They don't ask any other questions. Yep. Twenty-seven thousand one. Ninety-two percent. But there's actually a lot more other questions that should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know. I mean, things like evidence-based. For example, oh, that's awesome. How many points have you got in there? Because Microsoft has its points. How many points have you actually added to it? Yeah. That's the other thing. It means you're actually doing work. <laughs> So, yeah. I guess uh, corners of time, I uh, really appreciate you coming in, Isaac. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? Look, the only thing I would say, um, technology's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's going to be here. Everything is going to change, like, continuously changes. Um, for people out there, like, people who make decisions out there, you have to start trusting the people you employ especially when it comes to security. If you employ a company, trust the company, trust what they come up with, and align yourself to a standard. Whether it's um, Essential 8 or ISO, mm. just align yourself to a standard because when you do that, it means you get checked, you get fact-checked year in, year out. You get you get a baseline, you get yeah, to you know you're baseline. doing something. Exactly. Yeah. It's very, very important. Align yourself with something. Um, Essential 8 is the... Is the easiest yep. you have ISO standards just align yourself with something it just helps you with your risk mitigation as well because all of those standards will help you cross that um, just before I sign off the biggest security risk is physical security most people don't know that you know tailgating someone walks into your building oh hey mate yeah, let walk, in. yeah. you let them in that is the craziest security problem in the world right now tailgating 
a proper hacker just needs to plug in somewhere. They are fine. They've gone past, they've gone past what they call black box. They're into the gray zone now. They're halfway there. It's very true, I've, and I've seen some organisations that um, they've got all, this, all the secure identity stuff in place, but once you're in their office, for example, on their network, there's a, a different problem. Uh, look, either just to summarise, it sounds like you've done an awesome job over the past two years leveraging the Microsoft stack and non-profit status to reduce your IT budget, which has created real impact for Epic Assist to hire more people and help out more people with disabilities get, gain employment. Um, some of the highlights have been getting 27,001, 92% Microsoft Secure Score. That, that's that's huge in that short time period. So well done. And really appreciate you coming on, speaking, having a chat with us. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Thank you, guys. It was great to meet you, actually. No, thank you, guys. It's, it, this feels like home, really. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Drinks and everything. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Jackson. Well done hosting. Nice. See you on the next one. See you. Cheers, mate. Good one, guys. <laughs>